You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. This is East Carolina All-American Brian Packard, and we're talking Pirate Baseball and the Sports Objective. You're listening to Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on Facebook Live and our YouTube channel as we talk East Carolina baseball. As we look back at the previous week and take a look at what's ahead. Now, let's talk Pirate Baseball. Welcome into Extra Innings, right here, presented by Next Level Training Center. And you can simply go to nextleveltc.com. Call them, 252-756-NEXT. You can go to their Facebook uh, they have a great Facebook and social media presence. Just go check them out. Appreciate Trent and Gaynell, their support of the program. Uh, they, the Brits, they're fantastic. Let's, speaking of fantastic, let's bring in Bubba Rosenbaum. What's up, dude? Fired up to talk about another sweep um, in the Pirates. Um, take care of business against George Mason following the 2-1 to one heartbreaking loss on Wednesday in Fayetteville to the Campbell Camels. Um, had the opportunity to attend that, but uh, I know we'll dive into each game of the week uh, here momentarily. But uh, stellar pitching once again for the Pirates. And let's bring a man, uh, Matt Semenza. Do you have your broom? I do. You know, fellas, it, it's starting to feel uh, a little too common. You know, another weekend, another sweep for ECU baseball. And, you know, for me, one of the things that really jumps out, guys, is is the professional approach by this team because – when you when you clinch a series on Friday and Saturday, you know it's it's you know for some teams it's easy to have a letdown, but but these guys have a very professional approach, and I love how they go for the clean sweep, and they don't seem to have that letdown on Sundays. So it's great to see, and uh, you know it's it's uh, you know we're getting a little closer a, a little closer here to conference play, guys. Yeah, this weekend is uh, this coming weekend is conference play as the Pirates are on the road. At Houston, of course, uh, UNCW, we need a dub against UNC dub uh, in the worst way. Um, maybe it's a rivalry that's uh, it's more in basketball, but I really love um, beating UNC dub. Like uh, I know Matt's favorite college university is Charlotte. Um, it's not like I hate Wilmington, like uh, it's just a rivalry game. Uh, but we got to get that on Tuesday night and hopefully we can get a packed house. Tuesday is such an odd, you know night as far as like there's always stuff going on and my son um, has practice unfortunately or I would be there but uh, definitely we need to get that going but let's look back at the week that was Bubba three and one and uh, started out I know you and um, others let's just say that watched the show were there yeah I had the had the chance to go down to Segra Stadium uh, kind of a last minute decision between my dad and I um, you know, obviously a heartbreaking loss in Bowie's Creek back on February 21st, uh, six to five and 10 innings. And honestly, not a very well played game um, in that one. Um, but the Pirates came up shy in extra innings. But uh, this time around, a much better played game, uh, unfortunately. Um, very much like that UNC Wilmington game, although a different type of game, uh, that UNC Wilmington game, eight to five, this one, two to one. Um, they were reminiscent uh, from the standpoint that the Pirates had a chance to to jump out to an early lead and uh, unable to do so. 
uh, in this one, that is, uh, against Wilmington. You had a lead, but uh, it was not what it could have been this game. The Pirates left the bases loaded in the first and the third innings. Uh, Luke Nowak led off the game with a, a triple into the left field corner and uh, unable to get him in despite having that runner on third base with nobody out. Um, some some big punch outs by Campbell starter Hunter Lloyd and um, East Carolina was able to not the game uh, or excuse me uh, to slice into the deficit uh, two to one there in the late innings and got the tying run in the scoring position but uh, all in all, uh, not a bad start by Zach Root. Um, the Camels did have a couple of extra base hits against him, one which left the yard, and then a couple of uh, excellent relief outings um, by Garrett Saylor and Wyatt Lunsford Schickman that gave the Pirates a chance, but unable to come up with that clutch hit uh, there in the top of the ninth. Yeah, that that really was heartbreaking because we lost, you know, Matt in extra innings on, in February and. Then we had the one run. That was just a tough game. And, you know, you, uh, I'm going to do my Matt Simmons right now. You tip your hat uh, to Justin Hare, who's done a great job building that Campbell program. And, you know, there's some people maybe that don't know baseball, number one, um, but they don't know how good Campbell has become. And they're like, why do we keep losing to Campbell? Um, because they're good. They were number 18 this week. So uh, you look at it, we've lost two games to them. Uh, one-run games, both were away, one neutral site and one there on campus at Bowie's Creek at Campbell. Um, nothing to be ashamed of. And um, Campbell put took it to Radford. So as long as they keep winning, um, we're okay. Absolutely. You know, and you take a look at Campbell, guys. Let's, let's look what they did last year uh, in the Super Regional. I mean, they gave Tennessee all they wanted. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is a this is now a – a program we're looking at. It's not a one, a one hit wonder, if you will. I mean, this is a solid program and uh, certainly no shame in losing to them. But if you're East Carolina, you know, the big thing is we stranded so many runners that night and, you know, you look back on it and you say, Hey, that's a game we probably should have had, you know, at the end of the day, but that's just baseball. And, you know, I like how the team rebounded and and then took care of business this weekend. But yeah, I totally agree, Dave, to your point that the Campbell is to, to the outsider, you know, maybe you hear Campbell and you say, ah, you know, but but if you if you're following, you know, that's a very explosive team. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, uh, Bubba, when it comes to it, it's like with uh, you and I and, you know, you had a chance to talk to Coach Hare this year. He's always been very good to us and he's doing everything the right way. And he has what, two super regional appearances, a whole bunch of regionals. Um, he's, I know he's done a nice job going to the, well, they're still looking to break through to the super regionals and that's still, that's still yet to happen, but um, they, they, they've made, they've made regional championships down at Mississippi state as well as East Carolina last year. They, they lost in that regional over, over in uh, Knoxville where, where, uh, they came up shy against Tennessee. Um, and then uh, Tennessee, of course, played Notre Dame in the super. Yeah, my bad. I was thinking of I had uh, Pollard and here uh, mixed up there with uh, Duke and Campbell. But again, uh, still a great program. And uh, guys, just uh, looking at this, uh, well, looking at our program, one thing that I'm really happy with, Matt, we've talked about all season long and Bubba also is the pitching. And I mean, uh, the great thing is normally it seems like with us, we seem to have a problem with 
it seems like our bats are ahead of like our pitching, but this year our pitching has been so solid. And when that hitting starts to really come and, you know, be even more consistent all through the innings, man, I'm going to tell you something. The great thing about this team that I'm so excited about for Pirate Nation is they haven't played their best baseball yet. They're dominating, but yet the best is yet to come. I don't think this team has hit their ceiling. I think they're still at their floor, guys. I really do. Yeah, and Waylon Summerlin chiming in uh, regarding uh, the Pirates as well as the Camels and the Warren Nolan, which is not the official RPI, but they're you know they're very close, uh, similar formulas. And Campbell is currently ninth or tenth, and while the Pirates are twelfth, uh, he said correction, uh, we're at tenth and Campbell's twelfth. But uh, nonetheless, right. uh, two tremendous programs and uh, two very good teams this year, and. Um, yeah, resume booster for the Pirates, despite um, coming up shy in two one-run games, six to five and two to one. And uh, we will get another chance to them. They'll come to Clark LeClaire Stadium uh, later in the season, and uh, and I think see the date of that game is typically the the last week, and it is the final midweek game of the season on May sixteenth. That's a Tuesday at six o'clock. Campbell uh, will be at Clark LeClaire. Hey, Matt, that game is going to be electric. I just, it's great to have rivalries. And you know all about those, Matt. Uh, and it's like, if it's Red Sox, Yankees, I'm not going that far with Campbell and East Carolina, but it's good to have a rivalry and to have teams that that are good. And the, you look at the state of North Carolina with baseball, 18 Division One schools, a lot of good baseball in the state of North Carolina. And so that's what's great about baseball is you have a situation where we can play a lot of good in-state competition and it doesn't hurt us to play them because they're good too. Absolutely. And, you know, it does seem whenever we play Campbell, there's a little extra edge. You know, there's a little extra fire for the players. And I I, I really enjoy the matchup. So uh, I agree with you, Dave. And, you know, just to kind of go back to your, your point about how great the pitching has been, well, you know, I was just kind of going through the stats here, too, and you, I feel like you're starting to see the emergence now offensively as well. You know, we have nine guys batting over 300 now, um, nine guys, and Lane Hoover uh, is now up to 288, guys. So, you know, heading towards 10 guys batting over 300. And, you know, you see the emergence of, of guys like, you know, Cunningham and Barini and McChrystal and, you know, Lane Hoover obviously has had a bounce back here, you know, over the last you know week and a half or so. So um, you really like the direction the team is heading offensively as well. No question, Bubba, with uh, with you know, looking at Wednesday night's game and and you were, you know, it's uh, something that you hear Pirate fans talk about the midweek games. But to me, um, but you look, go back to that stat. If you look at the stats, we're playing good competition during the midweek. We're not playing just any old team. And that's what I love about Coach Godwin is he's putting – he has that mentality, Bubba, anytime, anywhere, any place. I'll play in the grocery store, parking lot, wherever, and that pays dividends in June, right? It does. And uh, Waylon also chimes in, continuing to expand on what we were saying earlier. I talked about how the Pirates left the bases loaded twice on Wednesday night in the first uh, three innings. 11 total for the game. And uh, he, he said in that first loss to Campbell where we fell six to five in 10 innings, uh, 
I had forgotten that it was that extreme, but apparently we left 15 on in that one like we did in the 8-5 to five defeat at UNC Wilmington. So uh, a total of 26 runners left on base, and there's two one-run losses to the Campbell Camels. Um, but uh, something else, and Matt, a minute ago, used the word fire, and um, there at the end of the game, you know, Josh Moylan and uh, Cliff Godwin, a little fiery to say the least after uh, what they deemed to be, or at least uh, Moylan deemed to be a questionable third strike. Um, not sure if Coach Godwin's necessarily upset more about the call or the decision by the umpire to eject Josh Moylan from the game after the 27th out um, because that's something that was interesting. If you go back and uh, you know watch that clip, of the final out on our YouTube channel. Uh, the ejection of Josh Moreland was by the plate umpire. The ejection uh, of Cliff Godwin was by the umpire who had been at third base. So uh, it, interesting there um, as the, you know, the plate umpire was kind of off toward the Campbell dugout and, uh, and that guy on the bases tossed Cliff uh, following the game. And then because of that uh, and, We'll dive into the George Mason series here in just a minute or two. Um, Coach Godwin missed Friday's game, and then Josh Moreland was not available until Sunday. Yeah, I think that uh, for me personally, we're not going to dwell on it because it's in the past, but I just don't understand, and maybe you guys can help me, Matt. I'm almost 50 years old. I've never seen major leagues, high school, little league, farm league, T-ball. I've never seen <laughs> – I'm joking about that – I've never seen a player and a coach ejected after the game. Um, and I didn't see what was so egregious. Uh, obviously, you know, um, you know, if, if Cliff punches someone, if they get, if there's a brawl between the two programs, because it's such a tight game, um, there's certain things like that that you was like, okay, yeah. After the game, you know, you, this guy knocked out this guy and this guy was pushing and shoving and, um, you can understand, you could say, Hey, it was a heat of the moment, but for me personally, am I supposed to just sit there and take the call and say, um, to me, the ball was low. Um, maybe you could argue it's the lower part of the strike zone. Um, I'm not going to get into that debate, but for me personally, I was just like, they should have, and I know other people feel this way too. They should have just walked away, got, got off the field. You know, that it's two top 25 team programs two North Carolina rival teams playing each other. Um, and I, I felt like, to me, that's the problem we had, is that the umpires were bigger than the game. And they need to we, – here we go again with umpires. Please use some discretion in that it's a very subjective thing to cut, kick, kick someone out. And you cause the coach to miss a game, and you cause a player to miss two games. And what did they – what I would like to know from the umpires, what did Cliff Godwin do – what did Josh Moreland do to cause you being bigger than the game? That's my opinion. Well, maybe Bubba knows, you know, I, you know, I tend to agree once the game is over, Hey, you know, the, the game is over and, and let's just walk away. And, and, and there's obviously some frustration there. I'd love to know exactly what was said down there. Uh, maybe Bubba can shed some more light on that. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what was said. I, I do know, uh, and you can see this plain as day in the video. Um, and first of all, as far as post-game ejections, it's not a common occurrence by any means, but at the same time, I have seen it several times, you know, be it uh, high school, college, or professional. And 
first of all, as far as Josh Moreland is concerned, if you go back and look at the video, he did make a motion with his bat as to where he thought the ball was. And anytime a guy does that, that's going to be an ejection. So I was not surprised to see Blue toss him. And, um, and I was – I didn't know that it was two games. I knew it was going to be at least a one-game suspension. So um, I think since it was a post-game that it is by the rule on the two-game suspension instead of that game and then obviously the ensuing game if it had taken place before the 27th out. And then as far as Coach Godwin's concerned, no clue what, uh, what exactly he was saying to Blue. But um, kind of moving on to the, to the weekend, uh, on, on Friday, the Pirates victorious 11-3 to over George Mason and uh, another stellar outing by Trey Savage. Um, and Trey in, in that game, um, another lengthy outing, um, improving to 4-0, um, allowing three runs. They were all earned on four hits, striking out 11 and walking two, and he used 97 pitches to go seven innings. Yeah, like Matt would say, he's on <laughs> the pitching, man. It's just on fire right now overall. Um, I, I was really impressed with him. He He's a guy that, would you say, Bubba, last year, and Matt, that it was like you saw bright spots with uh, you Savage, and now he's just – a downright beast. He's, he's a, uh, as, as uh, Matt would say, he's a grinder. Um, he definitely is one that I'm really impressed with this year. Yeah. He, he's just, you know, what, what can you say? I mean, the, the, the maturity and just the, uh, the confidence you could see in him this year versus last year and just a, a short time is pretty staggering. And, and when you watch him pitch, he just, he looks like a guy that has total command uh, he looks extremely confident and, and he's playing, he's playing tremendous baseball right now. And, you know, you, you have to love what you see from this pitching staff fellows. And if you get any run support whatsoever, you know, you're going to win a hell of a lot of games here with, with this type of pitching staff. So uh, hopefully he can continue it throughout the course of the year. Yeah. And Trey is savage. Um, you know, prior to the season, I want to say it was D one baseball. Um, they had tweeted how he, um, you know, in their top prospects uh, for next year's draft, the 2024 20, draft, that he, I believe, was in the top 20, excuse me, 35. So uh, now, um, they I didn't read the article, but um, they they just said that he significantly raised his stock from even even that from the top 35. So in other words, they they definitely feel if he continues to do what he's doing, that he's going to be a first rounder in 2024. Hey, there you go. Um, I was wondering about that, Bubba, about his draft stock, but certainly uh, the kid is just uh, on. That's why he's the ace. That's why he's the Friday night starter. And um, with George Mason, you know, uh, guys, uh, that's the thing about this team is that, um, Matt, I wanted to bring this up to you because being and Bubba, both of y'all former players, obviously, but this team, what I've been impressed with is they've had some tough midweek games, right? And for the weekend, they really punished these opponents. I mean, we gave up only four runs the entire weekend. You heard me right. Four runs. We outscored George Mason 24-4. to four. And that says a lot about this team and their mental toughness that I, I knew how bad they wanted that, um, that win. 
there in Fayetteville against Campbell on Wednesday night, and they come back this weekend. They get the broom. They get the sweep. So it'd be easy to have a letdown and lose a game or two against George Mason, but they did not. Yeah, you talk about allowing just four runs on the weekend. Um, the previous weekend, and the Pirates allowed just four runs against Missouri State, a, a very good team um, when it comes to swinging the bats. And then the previous weekend, only five in that series against Liberty. So now in their last three series, nine games, the Pirates have allowed just 13 runs and um, the last opponent to score more than three runs in a game against ECU on the weekend was way back on March the 4th when Indiana did so in what was a lopsided uh, game. I want to say that was 17-4 to that the Pirates were victorious yeah, against, yeah. against the Hoosiers. So some of those runs may have even come uh, well after the issue was decided. And um, for comparison's sake, George Washington on opening weekend scored 13 runs uh, five in game one, three in game two, and five in game three. So um, we, we knew we had a excellent pitching staff, and, uh, man, have they really showed it over these last three weekends. How about yeah, that? kind of jumps at me, guys. And Sorry, Dave, I didn't mean to cut you off there. We're sure. talking at the same time. But, um, you know, this again, I go back to the professional approach that this team has, and, and you'll see it quite frequently, frequently with this team where – you know, you'll be in the fifth or sixth inning and, and you look up and it's like a one-to-one game or, you know, a two-to-two game. And and to, and to you guys love the word grinder, right? I mean, you talk about grinding. This team, they, they'll just grind you. And then they'll have that explosive inning, right? And it usually comes in the middle in the middle innings, the fifth or sixth, it seems. And they'll put up four or five runs and just bust the game wide open. And um, it's, it's that ability to, uh, to stay professional and, and keep grinding. And once they get past the starting pitcher, you know, that right. that's when they really have you on the ropes. I love the stat from Johnny Robertson. JR, man, is he and Bubba, like, are stats guys. Look at this, uh, Matt. The Pirates have outscored their opponents 44-4 to four in the eighth inning. How about that? You want to talk about wow. dominance? The last team to score in the eighth inning is Georgetown. Very impressive. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> so I, I love to throw that to you, Matt, because – and Matt, by the way, uh, Matt has become even a bigger fan. Obviously, he loves ECU. But we were talking in the green room, Matt. Uh, we know Bubba was bored, and, you know, he's been to like 5,000 million games. But uh, you've become even bigger of a fan, and it's easy to follow a winner, right? I mean, you know, that's why there's 5 million Patriot fans all over the place. It definitely is. And, you know, for me being living so far away, ESPN three, you know, has been a game changer, you know, being able to watch games on a consistent basis, which is awesome. And, and you know, it's just an easy team to cheer for. I mean, these guys always come ready to play. Cliff Godwin always has them prepared. And, you know, I, I definitely enjoy watching them. And speaking of Cliff Godwin, you got to love a coach who is willing to fight for you. Uh, wouldn't you say, Matt, when you had, uh, you know, Logan as fiery as he was in this, and uh, you have Coach Godwin, I, I love to see a fiery coach. You, you know, like, to me, I love tennis back in the day when you had John McEnroe. Are you serious? I'm not going to do that, but, you know, like, because they call it a, uh, a tennis ball out, you know. Um, you can't be serious. But uh, for, for Cliff Godwin, uh, he – this team represents him, man. He They are mentally tough. Um, they are they're going to be just fine when it comes to 
May and June. And, you know, we're, we're talking about March Madness in the green room also, guys. Um, this team is just it's amazing to watch them because you see certain teams, they find different ways to win. I love how they're playing like, to me, a lot of teams have forgotten about small ball. But we can play, we can beat you playing small ball. We can beat you like with uh, just getting contact. You can get the long ball out of here, Matt. I mean, it's just fun to watch this team. They're so versatile. But good teams find a way to win. Certainly. And, uh, you know, going back to Friday's game, I talked about the pitching performance of Trey Savage. I know Ben Shields, the, the starter for George Mason, his numbers don't reflect it. Uh, as he allowed seven runs, all earned on six hits in five and one-third innings. But uh, all in all, you know, prior to that uh, sixth inning, and when the Pirates scored five, he had pitched a pretty good ball game, uh, allowing just two runs in the first five. So uh, a bit deceiving there. Um, but as Matt mentioned, um, this lineup, um, right when, I mean, you're thinking, well, we need to score some runs. Uh, and like Coach Godwin mentioned after Sunday's game, which we'll talk more about, uh, he he just said that, uh, you know, I wish we would score some runs in the early innings, but to our guys' credit, they stay with it and make it happen in the mid to late innings. And um, after, I mean, that game was one-to-one going to the bottom of the fifth. We took a 2-1 lead in the bottom of the fifth um, when JJC had a big single, and then uh, we exploded for the five spot there that made it it made it seven to two in the bottom of the six, right after George Mason had tied it at two in the top. Yeah, this team, uh, th- this team with uh, when Johnny had that stat of forty-four to four, Matt. You know, you just feel like with this team, I love the fact they're never out of it. They may have a slow start, and they may have like something happen, but you know that, that this team is going to fight. They're going to be down to the very last pitch, the very last out. And you always have a chance with this team. It's not like, for the most part, maybe you could argue the only game that comes to mind, guys, the Duke game, maybe where you felt like, oh, well, this is just not our day. But pretty much the entire season, just like for the most part with this program, you always have a chance. Yeah, and, you know, that I kind of go back to that stat I mentioned earlier about how you now have nine guys batting over 300 because that diversity throughout your lineup, you know, you know really – allows you to do some great things and you know guys are going to have off days but now with the emergence you know you're seeing the emergence of some guys here you know I think of McChrystal and you know he's batting 370 on on 27 at bats but he's batting three 370 you know Carter Cunningham um and, and you go back to Hoover you know how how he's really turned it around in the last few weeks so so when you have that kind of diversity in your lineup you know, it just makes you so dangerous. Yeah, and guys with a um, and Bubba and Matt, you know, you guys know how that the very fact of um, if this were both of y'all are football players, if this, this were football, and you have like what the heck has happened to Lane Hoover, you know, and it's football, you go, I'm a little bit worried, right? Because it's only 12 games that you have in the regular season. When there's like 56 games, you know, you're not going to have uh, not that it's a cop out excuse. Um, but you know you're going to have some games that are not going to be your best. You'll have a slump. We've seen it so many times with professional teams. I know Bubba being a Braves fan. How many times, Bubba, have you seen players that are Braves fans, uh, I mean uh, Braves players that are um, having a slump 
and they're not playing their best, and all of a sudden they get hot, and you're like, okay, looks like they're out of the slump. Yeah, I mean, you hear it all the time. Um, baseball's, baseball. Baseball's a game of failure. And uh, you, know, you think about the best seasons we've had, our best season in program history from a one win-loss standpoint, uh, or, you know, win-loss percentage, rather, you know, 47-9 and nine back in 1990. And um, the others, I mean, think about 2004, I think 51-13. and 13, And... 2001, 47 and 13. So you're going to lose, you're going to lose some games. It's the nature of the game of baseball. But uh, you know, this this team's off to an excellent 19 and five start. And uh, you you guys talk about the lineup and um, the variety of lineups that we've seen. Luke Nowak had been the leadoff man pretty much, with the exception or two, uh, over the last month. And then uh, Ryan McChrystal led off. Friday's game, and and uh, did he ever three three for five with three RBI, and uh, had an excellent night, and really a, a solid week. And I think he had also come into the the Campbell game and gotten a pinch hit single to right field, and then he also had a hit in Saturday's game, which we'll talk about uh, against the Patriots. But uh, Ryan McChrystal, I'm uh, seeing seeing action in the leadoff spot in games one and three against George Mason. No doubt. I mean, this is, it's, it's uh, great to see these young players, uh, Matt, I say it a lot, but it's true that this uh, program just continues to rebuild and uh, we'll have our PGX player of the game and a uh, picture of the game coming up. Sorry, Dave, correction, reload. Reload. Yeah. I meant to say, I'm sorry. I said rebuild. I'm sorry. Reload. That's, that's the reason I corrected you. Cause I knew, you. I knew what you meant. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry, Coach uh, Godwin. I did not mean a rebuilt, uh, reload, and uh, that's me misspeaking. But when you have a situation like that, this guy's, and then you have McChrystal, again, uh, one of our candidates for the PGX Player of the Week, and we'll look at that in just a little while. But you have a guy like that. It's not a matter of his play. It's a matter of his health that's the issue, Matt. I mean, this is a guy that his back is hurting, and I know that it's been an issue um, where – I know Coach Godwin said earlier in the week um, that it's like I, you can think about it. When you do a swing, think about what's affecting your 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 back. And so his back has been hurting him, and they're not going to be able to, unfortunately, correct it because Coach talked about that during the season. So, you know, you play football. Bubba has too. You have nagging injuries that you just have to live with until you can maybe do something in the offseason. Absolutely. I'll tell you, it's nice to be, it's nice to be 20, you know, <laughs> anybody. <laughs> what, are who's saying, ever had a, what are you saying? <laughs> oh man. I'll tell you, well, anybody who's ever had a nagging back injury and, and I've had back surgery w- within the last seven years. So there's nothing worse than a back injury, you know, and I can only imagine what it's like you're trying to swing that bad. I mean, go try to play golf with it, with a muscle strain in your back and you see. What oh that my means. God. Yeah. Good point. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, to your point, Dave, I mean, he, He's probably going to have to deal with that, you know, for, for the majority of the season here. Hopefully it's something, you know, he can get past. Um, but, you know, it, it, he, he's doing a great job fighting through it. Uh, and, you know, hopefully it just doesn't get to the point where, you know, it limits his ability to, to perform. And we talk about this lineup. Another guy who has really emerged in the last few weeks is Carter Cunningham. Uh, he, he's seen more and more playing time when when – 
he's capitalized on on the pinch hit at bats that he's been given, and you know he he got at least a couple starts this week, if not if not more. Uh, I think saw the start in, in center field. Um, maybe that was in today's game, but but Carter four for seven this week, and in that game uh, on Friday night had had two hits, uh, one of three Pirates with multi hit games in the series opening win. So. Um, you know, kind of on that note, uh, let's transition into Saturday's game. Um, the Pirates jumped on the Patriots with with a run um, in the first um, off the bat of Ryan McChrystal. And um, the Patriots did tie it up in the top of the second, and, th- and that's where we stood um, very much like Friday going into the middle innings. But uh, just like Friday's game, the Pirates scored in each of the last four innings with the sixth, seventh, and eighth being crooked numbers with, with a pair of runs in each of those frames. Yeah, it just continued. You know, we were talking about that. So you had the nice win on Friday. And then on Saturday, Matt, it was uh, pure dominance. And uh, great to see with with the Pirates where you win game two. And you're wondering how each game, you're wondering how how the, how's the pitching going to be? How's the hitting going to be? How are we going to do from – Friday to Saturday, and this team continues just to take care of business. TCB. Yeah, and didn't guys, didn't you just get the feeling watching George Mason? They were a beaten team. I mean, they they we broke yeah. their confidence. Yeah. Uh, and you really got the sense that, you know, <laughs> once you get into the middle innings, they knew they were in trouble. You know, you could just kind of feel it. And, uh, and again, you know, you, you go back to the professionalism of this team not to let down on Sunday. You know, I love that about this team. They're relentless and they don't let up and, and, and they took care of business. And George Mason, you know, when they left Greenville, they were, they were, like I said, they were a beaten team. fellas. And I'm going to be interested to see how George Mason fares in the A-10 because they're, they're starting pitching, you know, hats off um, yeah. to, for what they're building there in uh, Fairfax, because you know, I think they're very much kind of, um, the way that coaching staff at George Mason um, is going about things is similar to what uh, Robert Woodard did at Charlotte as far as bringing in a ton of transfers, um, as many as you know, in the mid-20s um, into that Patriots program. And um, with their starting pitching, uh, if they and I think they were swinging the bat pretty well coming into this weekend. A lot of folks uh, are going to struggle – um, against us and have struggled against us on the, the weekend, uh, scoring runs with our arms, and um, I'm just saying saying that very ma- matter of factly. Uh, but uh, but yeah, hey George Mason, I, I would not su- be surprised to see them have a pretty good season in the A10. No question, a left-hander uh, today. We'll get to that in just a little bit. It's just a, a matter of where. Um, and that shows we didn't – and that's another thing, guys. We we did not struggle against George Mason, even though we should beat him. Um, there's some teams that say, well, we could beat George Mason. Yeah, but you didn't dominate, right? And so, uh, for me, it felt good to um, – it's no place like home, guys. I believe off the top of my head, Bubba, aren't we 16-1 and one at home? Uh, I believe that's right. We are. Uh, the Pirates are 16-1 and one at home, and they're, and they're also 16-1 and one uh, on the weekend, um, that that lone loss was the three to two defeat, and lone home loss was the uh, three two 
uh, setback to the dirt bags of Long Beach State, a game in which the Pirates uh, had some opportunities and uh, didn't capitalize there uh, with runners in scoring position. Wow, that's uh, <clears throat> that home record is very impressive. And, you know, I see a comment there from Chuck, uh, and I was just about to go there, Chuck, about how we're going to have to win the midweek games, right? Um, and and I'll, I'll tell you, I am really excited about this, not, not to – get ahead of ourselves because we're still talking about the weekend but more than usually i'm very excited about this tuesday matchup against uncw guys and really uh really hoping we can kind of yeah you know fix this this midweek uh you know i wouldn't call it i wouldn't call it an issue right but it's something we definitely want to correct here no question and you're right about the what i was going to say um nathan thank you he says brini has turned it up Along uh, too, along with the op, uh, the bomb this weekend, yeah, the bomb we had. I mean, Brady is one of those guys. Riley Johnson, Ryan McChrystal, guys that are really Carter Cunningham. Guys are stepping up. So thank you, Nathan, for tuning in, and thank you for um, mentioning that Brady has been uh, Shaq, as they call him. His nickname has been really stellar. He made a play. Uh, I believe it was that yesterday, um, Friday's game. I'm trying to remember where he was on his back and he, he tossed it to, was it Starling at second base? Yeah, he, yeah he, he dove to his right there in the sixth hole and uh, from from his back, as you said, uh, threw it to Jacob Starling, a heck of a play. And, you know, coming into the season, uh, that was a question mark, at least outside the program. Obviously, uh, Coach Godwin, Coach Palumbo knew what they had in Joey Barini. Um, and we'd seen it uh, largely – on the offensive side in a pinch hit role uh, more so than what he is capable of defensively. Although we had seen it a little bit here and there, but now in a large sample size through the first half of this season as the primary starter at shortstop, um, he's been excellent, uh, made some tremendous plays in addition to most of the routine ones. And he's also uh, hitting 328 with two home runs. And also I think three, maybe four doubles, um, driven in about 10. And uh, if you'd have told me prior to the season that we were going to uh, to get that, uh, both defensively and offensively from the shortstop position, uh, sign me up. <laughs> no question. And, th- and that that just goes to show what uh, what I was going to say is Coach Godwin, Palumbo, Austin Knight, Cody Bortles, like Blake, all those guys. This, it just goes to show what we had coming back, plus the recruiting has been excellent. Um, we just, we have, we're so deep, Matt, that, you know, there's multiple guys, Chrisman, Brini, there's a whole bunch of guys that can play short and yeah, you know, losing, I'm not knocking the back, losing Agnos was huge, a two-way player, but uh two-way you as sometime known in East Carolina. But the fact that you have a guy like a Brini who, Hey, he, he's got his chance, right? Uh, he got his chance and look what he's doing. Uh, there, just like with uh, Justin Wilcox and Bubba, with uh, his, he's been uh, working his tail off, working really hard at the catching position, and, and he he's got a starting role. Yeah, they did an excellent job, and this is something that uh, Johnny Robertson has pointed out throughout the first half of the season, and that is the way we've controlled the r- running games of the opposition. Uh, you, you had George Mason; they were averaging about four stolen bases per game coming in. But um, they certainly did not steal anywhere close to 12 this weekend. Uh, they had two, I believe, um, one in games one and two, and then maybe 
none today, if not. But on the whole, it was uh, it was a total of two stolen bases for George Mason in this series. No, no doubt. And um, and for me, looking at you were talking about the mid uh, midweek games. Um, yeah, if you want to, uh, basically, we're nineteen to five. But if you uh, take and and going back to the issue with uh, is something that Bubba you pointed out, and I hadn't really thought about is the issue that we have is that we talked about LOB left on base. Uh, they had a stat, I think it was ESPN plus, but they had a stat of like all the games that we've lost and how many we've left on base. That's the key right there is situational hitting uh, Matt, where we're getting where we've got runners in scoring position. And I think off the top of my head, it was like, um, what was it? 110 runners in scoring position. I saw or something like that really really low so um, that's where the key is to winning and losing is runners in scoring position uh, how low a number batting average we have no doubt and um, you know taking a, a little bit deeper look at um, Saturday's game the eight to one win um, as you look at it and your Carter Spivey um, we haven't talked about the excellent start he had uh, yes he he only went five innings, um, but you know, part of that was you know, some tough luck. Uh, and five hits allowed in those five innings, and the majority of those uh, were C&I singles. Uh, not a lot of hard contact against Carter, so another solid effort. 81 pitches in those five frames, uh, just a one earned run, and one, one run overall, and three strikeouts, two walks. Uh, for Carter Spivey, who did earn the victory to improve to two and one. And then Wyatt Lunsford-Sheekman, three hitless uh, shutout innings of relief, two strikeouts, needed just 36 pitches to work those three innings. And um, wanted to go to what one of our viewers said just a moment ago, uh, JR, uh, saying that Wyatt Lunsford Shinkman has now thrown 17 straight scoreless innings with 19 strikeouts and only two walks. So just remarkable production from Wyatt. And uh, we had heard how much he had improved from last year. Um, he fared well at times toward the end of the 2022 season. And um, Coach Godwin was not uh, shy to put him in there in a critical situation in the Super Regional. And uh, he's done nothing but uh, make tremendous strides since. And um, he's lived up to the preseason hype. And um, then also another guy, a lot of hype. Um, and we've seen it before from him. And now he's back as a pirate. It's great to have Landon Ginn available. Um, you know, Coach Godwin was talking about post game how he was a little too hyped up yesterday. But uh, he settled in and, and pitched well, 90, 93 to 95 um, with that fastball for Landon. Uh, happy to see that uh, you and Matt have uh, brought him up. And I think that's the name that, again, uh, we talk about. It's like a band that has so many hits that you forget. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about. He's another guy that that you can put right in there. The rotation as far as uh, the bullpen and, and guys going down the stretch. We're going to really stating the obvious, but we're going to really need them uh, coming up in the uh, the conference tournament. Um but we'll, we'll make a big difference whether where our seating is, of course. And then as far as regional, super regional, uh, I'm going to be confident. I think we're a super regional team, whether we get Omaha or not, uh, that's going to be like kind of like last year, so close. 
um, but we're definitely a super regional program. So um, come the middle of June, hopefully we can be talking about Samiz and I and cigars and going to Omaha. Yeah, you bring that up as far as um, needing the bullpen, although the, the last three series, especially in the last two weekends, um, that bullpen hasn't seen a ton of action. Um, Coach Godwin was talking about that after Sunday's game, which we'll talk more about momentarily. But uh, and, and Cliff just said that he and that he was telling the those uh, relievers, hey, I, I know we're getting tremendous starts and guys going – seven, eight innings um, with the exception of one or two out of our last six starts. But uh, I, I promise you, you know, the time's going to arise during league play where we need, you know, some uh, longer relief outings and we have the guys that can get it done. I, and a relief performance that was good to see going back to Friday's game very quickly, Willie Lumpkin. Uh, Willie had been out with some uh, – I believe it was arm soreness or an, an injury of some sort over the last couple weeks. And it was great to have Willie and back available and he had a solid inning of work. No doubt. And by the way, I wanted to mention this. I'm glad you brought that up, um, Bub, about the players and, and soreness and all that. One of the things I love about Godwin is how much he cares for these players, not only from a personal standpoint that I've seen, but also from the fact of uh, their future. And you have a kid like that who, um, again, a little bit of soreness, Lumpkin, and, you know, you um, Carter Spivey, you know, I, I think he his dealing with his soreness, he hasn't had his best stuff. It's not because of the mental part of it. It's just that I think, uh, who knows, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a baseball guy as far as being inside the program. But, um, but the good news is moving ahead, um, these guys, he's done a nice job, um, Austin Knight and, and Palumbo and, and Godwin of managing these guys where we don't go, oh, my God, so-and-so is out for the season. Next thing you know, this guy's out for the season. This guy's out for the season. And all of a sudden, it can be like a really big domino effect. But that just goes back to the great job those guys are personally and professionally, meaning our coaches, how they're handling these injuries. Yeah, you know, you kind of go back to last year a little bit with that, where we obviously had a, uh, a little more difficulty with starting pitching. So we were kind of forced to use – so many guys throughout the course of the season. And, uh, you know, even if you're picking up an inning here, an inning there, two innings, and, you know, in some ways that's really helped a lot of our, you know, relief pitching this year. Guys were able to get more experience. And now all of a sudden you just have so many different options and you, and it allows you to stay fresh throughout the course of the season. And uh, certainly we haven't even gotten into conference play yet. So, you know, we're, we're heading into conference play in a great position, not only, record wise, but also just, you know, the overall health of the team right now. No question. And Nathan's asking about the status. I don't know, maybe Bubba knows of Garrett Saylor. I'm not sure. Um, we'll have to check for you uh, there, Nathan, on that. Um, again, a guy that's uh, uh, speaking of a grinder, Matt, uh, Garrett Saylor has been one of the best. We'll check on his for his status, but I'm not 100 percent on <laughs> To check Say that again, Dave. I dropped out for a moment. Uh, some technical difficulties in the status of who? Garrett, Garrett Saylor. Garrett, Garrett Saylor. Garrett Saylor. Uh, I have not heard a timetable. It's kind of a – and I don't know that there is a very uh, – it's kind of a day-to-day -day or that kind of situation. It, it was an oblique injury, so that's 
good news by an arm um, going off the field on Wednesday night. Um, I'm straightaway center fix, so not the best because being like toward the side or lower back. And which Godwin did confirm that is a oblique injury. Uh, so uh, he said the Thursday that uh, Garrett did not feel very well, but Friday he was feeling much better. So uh, Garrett Sailor will be available maybe you know, next week at Houston. I'd be a little surprised to see him pitch midweek against UNC Wilmington. Yeah, and I think going back to Matt, uh, not only do you care about the guys, but also if you're thinking about the game itself, um, you're also thinking, man, let's rest this guy. Let's get him back to 100%. Don't get him out there 25 or 50%. Not to hurt us for the game, but also you're hurting the guy down the line as far as being on your team and if he wants to make it at Major League Baseball and, and the minors to start out. Yeah, and, and you talk about a nagging injury, an oblique it is that type of injury. It, it really is the type of thing where – it can nag you for a long time if you don't take care of it properly. And, you know, what I what I would say, just looking at from the outside here, and I know I know Garrett, he's a competitor. He wants to get work. But we're in a really solid position right now with pitching depth. So if that oblique is nagging, get it healthy. You know, you be right. patient, take your time, and then make yourself, you know, available and back to 100, you know, 100% for the stretch run. Um, right. No need to rush that type of injury right now. We have that luxury, and it goes back again. It goes back to recruiting. It goes back to having so many arms on the staff. It really does. And, and Bubba, with uh, with the situation right now, where we have, I know we're going to talk about Sunday today's game. Uh, they had to move it up because of inclement weather uh, with rain. But when you look ahead, uh, you, you have your conference play starting on on Friday with Houston. We're not jumping over UNCW, but my point was that this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the Pirates get to dominate, take care of business. And we, we were talking earlier with, uh, I think it was Charles, if you want to be a top eight seed, a national seed, you're, you're going to have to not only uh, win your conference, but you're going to have to dominate the conference to be in that conversation. Yeah, and that's the thing you always, from an RPI standpoint, um, the Pirates are, are in good shape right now, and um, it's kind of a catch-22. You, you, as you look at the RPI, the, you obviously want to win those games against those clubs like Campbell that uh, are top 50, or in, in Campbell's case, you know, top 15 opponents. But at the same time, you know, if you – lose series against some of the people we're going to play in the league where they have an RPI of 150 and in some cases at least two or three cases over 200 then that's really going to crush you so as much as you want to win those midweek games and we certainly do um, a loss in one of those midweek games is not going to hurt you as badly RPI wise as a, um, a loss or much less a series loss against someone uh, like a like, um, I don't know, USF or some team, uh, right. Tulane, I know is really struggling, that has an RPI in excess of 200. Oh, my gosh. I didn't wrote Wow. They have really uh, – Matt, man, you're talking about hard times. Oh, my goodness. And 
I, I believe that's the case. I'll, I'll seek to confirm. Uh, we'll go through the RPI for the league here before we wrap up in a few minutes. But uh, I know we have at least two or three teams that are over 200. Uh, Tulane may not be one of those uh, because they have played a pretty good schedule. But, uh, yeah, the Green Wave really, really struggling, I want to say. Um, you know, coming into this week, they were something like 5 and five and uh, 17 or 5 and 19. No doubt. By the way, guys, Richard Osbrook, our good buddy, says, love seeing Clanch and McChrystal to line up some good play by both. Absolutely, Richard. Um, man, Cam Clanch, another guy that's uh, right there again, Matt, is, is like we said, it's like a band, a rock band that has tons and tons and tons, a huge catalog, if you will. And uh, Clanch is another guy that uh, that has been stepping up, and uh, that's what we need, man. Certainly is, and defensively, I thought he made a big impact. No question, and uh, so thank you, Richard. If you have a comment or question, uh, you put it there in the comment section on YouTube, or we're on our YouTube channel live right now on Sunday nights. It's Extra Innings brought to you by Next Level Training Center, nextleveltc.com. You can call them at 252-756-NEXT, and I uh, appreciate uh, the support of the program from Trent and Gaynell Brett, and also... Uh, Bubba, do you want to do the pgxgloves.com pitcher of the week and player of the week? I guess we can get to that. Okay. And, uh, I don't know, Bubba, did you hear me? Yeah, Dave, can you still – you guys have it all right? Yeah, we got you now. All right. Um, pgxgloves.com. Player of the week, Ryan McChrystal. Uh, Richard talking about Ryan's strong performance this week. He was five for 12, uh, home run, uh, that three for five performance in the leadoff spot in Friday's 11 to three win. So, congratulations to Pirate catcher and designated hitter Ryan McChrystal. Five of 12 with a double home run and five runs batted in on the week. And then um, we'll also go to our pgxgloves.com. Pitcher of the week, and that is Josh Groves. Josh Groves, eight innings, um, complete game because today's game did get cut an inning short because of the weather. But um, eight shutout innings, five hits allowed, five strikeouts, a walk. And Josh is now 4 0 with a 1 8 2 ERA and has surrendered just 17 hits in 34 and two thirds innings. Opponents hitting just 149 against him. Well, uh, his performances have just left me speechless, and I'm not being dramatic, guys. I just uh, he's been incredible on the mound, and I uh, love his number 38. That's my uncle Roger's number, uh, Roger Craig. So 38, uh, I'll never forget his number <laughs> for unless he changes it uh, for sure. But uh, what a great uh, performance by Gross today, and uh, disappointed obviously by the weather, but hey, we got the win. That's the most important part. And I know, Matt, uh, we're hoping that we'll get you down here pretty soon. Maybe it'll be the regional or super regional we can get you uh, down here. And hopefully even before that, Dave, you know, I'm looking at, you know, possibly mid-April here. So uh, I'm dying to get down there. I'll tell you, I'm very jealous. I, I, I watch these games on TV, and it's like, you know, in the 70s and low 80s. And, you know, I think it was 38 here and rainy yesterday. So, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's you, you don't have to twist my arm. Hey, Matt. Let's see if it'll do it for me. Uh, here's your ticket right here, bro. Here's your ticket right here. 
Let's do it. I, yeah, I got, I'm a season ticket holder. I got four seats, and um, and I know Bubba's got seats. We got we got your tickets covered. All you have to do is uh, handle your travel arrangements, and we'll and we'll take care of you, bro. Well, Kyle Barber told me he can get a he can get us you know tickets inside you know almost like the sweet tickets. Oh so. yeah, we got we yeah we and, and by the way, uh, Kyle <laughs> is going to <laughs> inside joke with me and Kyle. Yeah, exactly. He'll have the observation deck in left field. That's where we're going to be next year, right, or the year after. I guess it'll be more like uh, twenty five by the time we have that bubble, right? It's going to take some time, maybe. Yeah, probably something like that. Um, I, I doubt it will be next season, but um, probably the 25 season. Yeah. But um, something else I'm noting game three is Josh Moylan uh, made his return after a two-game suspension uh, due to Wednesday night suspension. And Josh, uh, it was not quite straightaway center field. It, it was a – uh, like Coach Godwin said, post-game oppo taco, um, but he hit that ball probably right at, if not over 400 feet. I, th- I believe that was Josh's third home run of the season, and he continues to have a, a solid 2023. He, you know, Matt, he was the guy, not picking on Moiling, but he was the guy I was telling you, you were asking us in the preseason before the season started, like Hot Stove League in January, who's your guy? Who's your guy? And I told you, that my X factor is Josh Moylan. He is a great defensive player. He has a great bat. I love to watch a guy fight. He gets on base. And I said, he's the guy. He's the guy that I'm looking at as the X factor. Not that he's the only guy. This is a team sport, but he's a guy that we've got to have um, using that bat and really crushing it like he did today. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you're just happy for Josh Moylan to see him playing so well, because last year was a struggle. Um, And and he's obviously, he's a big, strong kid. He brings that power bat to the lineup. So he makes a huge difference and uh, obviously does a great job at first base too. So, so definitely happy to see him, you know, back on track. And, and how about the fact, I don't know if you guys mentioned it earlier. How about, how about Hoover hitting a home run, right? That's not something you see every day, fellas, you know? Yeah, I, I really love the fact that, you know, his grandpa, he talked about that on Friday night in postgame. His grandpa, uh, I don't th- think has passed away, but he's going to pass away. So Elaine was able to pray with him on Friday. He has a huge home run, and um, you can't make that stuff up. You can't make that stuff up. It's great storylines, and just that kid has been um, what a tough guy, what a great guy for the program. And, you know, I, I know they don't like, retire jerseys but um lane hoover should uh be in the conversation definitely uh for all that he's contributed to the program another guy i think this is fifth year off the top of my head and um he's so clutch when it comes to you know left field lane hoover left field lane hoover you know he's gonna be playing left field and um but the good news is with the depth that we have at outfielder we can put a whole bunch of different combinations out there and still win Absolutely. You know, he's just that type of guy. He's dependable. Uh, He's going to show up every day for you. He's going to do a great job in left field. So another one, you know, it's happy to see him uh, swinging the bat well. I know we've got a few minutes left of the show as I know Bubba has to run, but uh, certainly a great performance. Let's talk now uh, while we have a few minutes left. Uh, Matt, you're, you're a competitor like I am. If it's tiddly winks, if it's video games with my kids, 
Um, they're better at them than I am. Um, I'll stick to my Atari 2600. They love when that's why I get those Atari games because I can just crush them. And they're like, Oh my God, my dad is like, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> but whatever it is you're playing when this game on Tuesday, how do you handle the UNCW game? Knowing that it's a rivalry game, you don't want to get too overhyped. You don't want to get too, uh, that, but, uh, how do you do that? Well, you, you know, you, you just basically have to be mentally prepared. You, you know, you have to be locked in, you know, dialed in, as my son would say. And, you know, you, you just have to approach this game, uh, like you said, with a level head. Don't want to be too high, too low. But um, it is an important game because it's an in-state battle. And, and, you know, we had a tough loss down in Wilmington a few weeks back. So, um, you know, I know you mentioned during that game we stranded a, a ton of runners. You know, we loaded the bases several times and, it was just one of those frustrating nights where we just couldn't seem to capitalize. But, you know, for me personally, um, you know, I think because it's Wilmington, because it's in state, I really want to see us, uh, you know, put the hammer down on this team. No question. It's going to be great. Just like Campbell, uh, UNCW is another game that you want really bad. And if it's on the court in basketball or uh I'm getting ready to say football. <laughs> I want that. Per, I want that program to have a football team so bad. One of these days they will, but that's a whole another. I'm not getting to that. I know why they don't have one. Um, let's talk, uh, Bubba. Let's let's pitch it to Bubba um, because I know we're getting ready to get out of here. But I know you wanted to do the American scores, Bubba, and uh, uh, how how did the Americans teams fare this weekend? Yeah, we'll come back to the American School Board here in just a moment. But uh, UNC Wilmington, the Seahawks, 15-9. and nine, And uh, they have an RPI of 128. I was looking to see what they did this weekend. Uh, they were playing up at Stony Brook, um, a league series there in the CAA. And they, um, they were victorious uh, in the series, uh, taking two out of three up in Stony Brook, New York, uh, from the Seawolves. So um, the Seahawks will be coming in uh, with, with that 15-9 and record. And then last week, um, they lost a heartbreaker to NC State in the midweek, 11-8 in 10 innings there at Brooksville. No question. And, uh, guys, it's a, it's a game. It's not a must win, but it is one that, Matt, we were talking about. You want a national seed. It's at home. We're 16-1. I feel really good about this game. I think the Pirates will uh, do well. Um, I think it'll be a close game. We win it. Um, and then you have uh, at Houston. So, Bubba, that's going to be the conference play starting. We got to do well on the road. And, um, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, dominate the conference. Yeah. Yeah, and just looking ahead, guys, to Tuesday night, the weather in Greenville. Uh, looks like it's going to be a decent night. You know, looks like it's going to be in the probably about the mid-60s around game time, obviously playing in the friendly confines of Clark LeClaire Stadium. So hopefully we have a big crowd for that one and, and we get it done. All right, let's shift gears back to the American yeah. School Board, Bubba. Yeah, um, going back to the RPI, uh, teams in the American, uh, the RPIs have changed a little bit because uh, I said we had multiple teams over 200. Right now it's just one team over 200, and that is the Houston Cougars. Um at 201, uh, Tulane, the Green Wave um, have certainly struggled, but their RPI currently sits at 183. 
very unusual to see Tulane uh, that high. But um, and then taking a look at UCF, which is the the next team in the standings or by the RPI rankings, if you will, since league play is yet to begin. Uh, the Knights are 16 and 8. Uh, they do have a sweep at Clemson to their credit, uh, which is one of their more impressive accomplishments uh, thus far. Uh, and then this weekend, uh, they they played Maryland. Um, they dropped two out of three to Maryland in Orlando, uh, winning the series opener four to two, but then fell sixteen to six and eight to six to the Terps. Uh, you know who have a very good cl- club under Rob Vaughn. And then you have Wichita State, and the Shockers sit at thirteen and ten, one. 50. So, looking at uh, you have East Carolina at 10th, and then UCF at 114. Those are the only two teams out of this league, eight playing members that are in the top 150 of the RPI, which is hard to believe. It, it really is. And go back, Matt. That's the issue that. Um, not to say it's going to happen, but it, you can't struggle against – we're talking about midweek, but also uh, you can't struggle against this American conference. You've got to really uh, not only win, but dominate uh, dominate the conference. And the midweek situation will take care of itself. I think the Pirates, the bats are going to be a lot better, especially runners in scoring positions. We talked about it's probably – if there's a – uh, issue right now, you have to look at it as far as the scoring position and uh, not to be critical of the team. We love them, but that's what's going to happen to uh, that's what's going to change uh, for us winning these uh, midweek games. And I, I know I sent you a score from earlier today, Dave. Um, USF, the Bulls are 9 and 16, and they lost today a <laughs> game. You said you were um, thinking that it was a First half score from a basketball game, the Rams, Rams of VCU 25, South Florida 15. There were combined 43 hits in that game. Good and, uh, and wow, just looking, uh, I was looking on the weekend. Uh, they, they lost the series opener to VCU 18 to three and then bounced back and took game two, nine to nothing before losing game three, 25, 15. So that's baseball for you. You, you lose a couple games by a combined score of uh, 43 to 18, but then still found a way to win that one, nine, nothing. Go figure. No doubt guys. It's just, uh, it's just nuts. Uh, what's going on with, um, with our league. But, uh, Next year, we've just got to suffer, not suffer. That's not the right word. Sorry about that. We've just got to play our way through. We can't help who our opponents are or not when it comes to our conference. And we've just got to play and beat those guys and um, and move on to uh, bigger, better things in June. Yeah, all we can do is what, uh, what you hear all the time uh, from Cliff Godwin, as well as most other coaches, control the controllables. And we can't change our schedule it is what it is and uh hopefully i mean at this point um beginning league play you know all we can hope is that uh the pirates do what we've done in the last few seasons and that's dominate uh, within the american and then hopefully 
some of these league opponents will find a way to win some of those non-conference games against quality competition to at least improve their RPI a little bit. No question. It's, it's uh, one of those things. We've got to we got to keep doing what we're doing, and uh, we'll be fine. Again, our show is brought to you by Next Level Training Center, nextleveltc.com. Give Trent and Gaynell Brett a call, 252-756-NEXT. Next Level Training Center, looking forward to uh, my son, Alexander, guys, is uh, real quickly, is, is starting, as you guys saw, he's just starting out as a pitcher. Um, and uh, like just like right now, behind the scenes, so to speak, he hasn't gotten a game yet. But um, uh, we're going to get some pitching lessons here pretty soon. I got a talk called 252-756-NEXT and next level and uh, get him in over there and get it done. Yeah. really appreciate the support of Trent and Gaynell as always. And um, as we just mentioned, Pirates four game week, um, beginning with UNC Wilmington, the, the 15 and nine Seahawks at six o'clock on Tuesday, a game that will be on ESPN plus as always, if you're unable to make it out to Clark and Claire stadium. Also, you can tune in on 94, three, the game, and then um, all three games out at Houston will, of course, be on ESPN Plus as um, the Pirates will be at, uh, I'm assuming it's pronounced Schroeder Park. They are on the University of Houston campus. Um, you know, um, we'll see if we can get a preview of the Cougs uh, in addition to the Seahawks. Um, so we'll, we'll take a look at them and um, you know, hopefully at least a Three and one, if not four and a week, man, that would uh, that would be sweet to uh, head into the following week uh, with an unblemished three and O mark in the league and a twenty three and five record overall. No doubt, because uh, not speaking, not looking ahead. The uh, hey, Matt, one of your favorite teams is coming to Greenville a week from Tuesday. So this Tuesday we have UNCW. Next Tuesday we have NC State, baby, NC State. Coming in, I guess you'll bring your helicopter in, and we'll get you to the game Tuesday night. <laughs> Absolutely, we have some uh, some 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 fun Tuesday matchups coming up, you know, as well. So, uh, looking forward to that one as well. And uh, and here we go, fellas. Hey, we have momentum. Let's just keep it going. All right, Bubba, do you have anything before we get out of here? Yeah, just um, make sure you subscribe or follow, like on all our social media on Twitter at the sports OBJ on Instagram and TikTok at the sports objective and like, and follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, so definitely stay tuned and uh, make sure you click that um, notification bell. So anytime we go live or upload new content that you're alerted on your device, if you've not heard the comments from coach Houston, Jack powers, uh, Marlon Gunn, Parker Moore and also Deontay Johnson from after Saturday's first scrimmage of the spring. Um, check out that. Uh, we'll be dropping uh, Gun Moore, and Johnson uh, later on this evening, and you can hear on uh, the comments of Coach Houston and Jack Powers right now. No doubt. By the way, get your season tickets. Uh, man, 1-800-DIAL-ECU. You can go to ecpirates.com. I'm up there right now. Get ready to sign in. Look at my season tickets. But go there, ecpirates.com, uh, 1-800-DIAL-ECU, and get your tickets. Uh, we've seen an increase of uh, ticket sales. And um, we're going to have Ryan Robinson on soon. We're trying to work out our schedule um, to make that happen. But we'll have we'll talk to him about the Pirate Club. We'll talk to him about season tickets. They have a goal of 16000 Let's crush that. Let's make it 18000 19000 We're on pace to get to 16000 
and let's have it maybe 18, 19. I, what, what do you say, Bubba? Let's, uh, hey, Matt, what's your uh, goal for season tickets this year? Let's put you on the spot real quick and we'll get out my, of here. My goal, whether it's realistic or not, it's always 20,000 plus. So uh, that, okay. that's, you know, I, I don't want to, we've been there before. So why yep. lower our standards, right? We can get back there again. Yeah, that's what we got to do for our program as far as athletics, but also football is we've got to have it way over the, uh, the I know they're doing that, you know, they have like a benchmark, but let's crush that number. Let's kill the 16,000, make it 18, or let's go. Mine is 18, but I, I love yours, Matt. I can align with 20. What about you, Bubba? Yeah, of course. I mean, I want to sell as many as we can can sell. Um, definitely, I don't want to hear I – mean, Sure, you don't have an NC State on the, the schedule, but um, the Pirates have won 15 games over the last two seasons. And it's clear that this program's trending toward um, you know, winning a conference title um, from the f- first time in nearly uh, 15 years. So let's do our part to ensure that uh, home field advantage. Uh, not that you couldn't have a home field advantage with less than 50, but uh, let's make it as good as uh, we can possibly make it. And be sure to get those season tickets. The priority deadline is approaching quickly, um, as that is April the third, which is what this is um, that following week and the following Monday, I believe. Yeah. And so, um, so we have about six more days, uh, six more business days um, before that priority deadline. Be sure to join the Pirate Club um, so you can uh, get your priority points, and then also. Um, make your seats as good as you can possibly make them. When you order your season tickets, 252-737-4540. I went ahead and took care of that uh, on Friday. And then also um, Pirates Unite. We need that indoor practice facility. We're about halfway there. It's going to be about $18 million or so. Uh, We've raised eight or nine million. So make sure you um, also make your contribution to Pirates Unite and that, that capital campaign. You know, what What I did is um, I gave a third of it. You can earmark it, and um, I did a third toward the indoor practice facility, a third toward baseball ops, and then a third toward the uh, Minji's project, which includes the new chair back seating, et cetera. I, I did the uh, – I did 500 each one of the campaigns. There's five different campaigns. And the great thing about it is that's just – we were talking about Matt goals. That's just uh, – you could give a lot more – over the next handful of years, but I put 2,500 and hopefully I can give more than that. Um, you know, God has blessed me with my kids being healthy and I'm getting a raise every single year at my day job. And we're doing great here with this show. So um, I have my gigs. If you need a DJ or karaoke, then you know that money goes towards, I help uh, with my pirate club donation. So anybody that's pirate supporting pirates, uh, reach out to me and uh, we can definitely, hook you up with a great DJ event with a wedding uh, reception, not to give a shameless plug, but that's what the people were surprised when I say that I use that money towards uh, helping the pirates out with season tickets or pirate club donation. All right. Well, it's about that time for us to get out of here. Thank you so much, Bubba. And appreciate you, Matt, so much as always, guys, our show is brought to you by next level training center, two, five, two, seven, five, six, next. Um, by the way, one more thing, but before we go, I want to give a shout out for our brother, Kyle Barber, who TSO brother. Uh, he lost his mother on Friday unexpectedly, and we're just praying really hard for you, Kyle, your family, Jessica, Heather, everybody. Uh, his mom, Linda, I know a little bit, and 
she loved my kids. So great lady. We're going to tremendously miss her. And we want to send a shout out. We love Kyle. And he's our brother from a different mother. And I didn't want to go a whole show without uh, mentioning that, that we're pulling hard for you. We're always on team Kyle, right guys? Absolutely. Sending uh, prayers to, to Kyle and his entire family. And uh, obviously a tough time for, for, for Kyle, but uh, you know, looking forward to having him back whenever he's ready on the show here. And uh, you know, just like I said, sending our best. No doubt. Bubba, thank you so much for all that you do. Matt, thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. We'll get out of here. You've been watching next from Next Level Trading Center. It's extra innings right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And as always, go Pirates. Hey, Pirate Nation. This is former East Carolina pitcher Davey Penny of the Keith LeClaire era, class of 2003. Keep it tuned to the Sports Objective as you follow our diamond bucks on the road to Omaha because y'all know we're going. That concludes this week's edition of Extra Innings, presented by Next Level Training Center on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night as we will once again talk East Carolina Pirate Baseball. Be sure to follow the show on social media, at the Sports OBJ on Twitter, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to the show pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Go Pirates!